Welcome back to the Real Bucks Talk podcast. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Be sure to follow us at Real Bucks Talk on all social media platforms. I'm your host, Michael Plus, and join, as always, my man, Mark Ramirez. And Mark, we're back with another edition of Real Bucks Talk. Uh, it's going to be an interesting episode tonight. We've got a lot of fans' questions that we're going to dive into here shortly. But first, uh, just your your thoughts on this offseason so far. It seems like it's going in slow motion. Uh, but next week, we finally get um, to the new league year. It starts, and we have free agency coming up right around the corner. Um, just your your overall thoughts of just the direction of the offseason so far. In a, in a Buck fan way, it's just let's hurry up and find our direction, right? I mean, yeah. every everyone's tired of arguing Winston for or against. It's just... Let's have our reasoning of where we're going, and let's do it. Yeah. So we know what the hell to look at in the draft. And just to know where we're going to go next year, I mean, are we going to look forward to more weird scratch-your-head decisions, but lighten up the stat sheet, check a sheet, or are we going to have a whole new face of the franchise or old man that's just here temporarily or something totally different? I mean, it's... Very up in the air, and I think that's why a lot of Buck fans are so edgy, I guess I'll say. But overall, I mean, plus the CBA shit. I mean, right? Yeah, no one knows on that. Yeah, that just got pushed back to Saturday as far as the vote goes. So, um, yeah, we we just don't know yet. Um, so that's going to decide a lot of things. I think yeah. once that gets approved, then you're going to see a bunch of moves, I think, starting to be taking place. Uh, so it's really a holdup, and that's kind of why it's just been very you know slow and and you know talking with bucks fans that we've been exhausting all options and looking at things you know three to four times and mainly it revolves around the quarterback position because that is the big decision um we haven't even really talked about shaq barrett enough like we should yeah. you know that guy's going to get paid and i hope he gets a long-term deal um so we got that coming up thursday the franchise tag deadline you know who are they going to tag are they going to use both tags, the franchise tag and the transition tag? So those are things that we have discussed before. But anyway, without further ado, let's get into uh, fans' questions. We're going to start with the Facebook group. Uh, you can check out our Facebook group, at Real Buck Stock. Uh, just hit it in the search, and you can find us, and we'll most likely accept you on there unless you're an Eagles <laughs> fan or something or in disguise. But usually we accept everybody, so... Oh, we'll accept you. <laughs> Unless you start being an asshole on there, <laughs> then we'll, you know, just kick you out and you can see your, you know, just see yourself the door, but. That's true. <laughs> There's no stupid questions until someone gets mad at you. Exactly. I'll say that. Exactly. But, <laughs> but I would gladly like to start this first question off with Big Slim. What up, Big Slim? Big Slim hasn't been on here a little bit. I missed him. He says, if you had to sign Dak or Winston long-term, who would you take? And then he says, keep in mind, Prescott has career highs in passing yards, 4,902, and touchdowns, 30, with 11 interceptions, 4 fumbles in 2019. He has not missed a game in his career and has been named to the Pro Bowl twice. 36 interceptions and 22 fumbles in his career. 13 interceptions was the most he had in a season. Jameis has thrown 11 or more interceptions each year. They gave a lot of information on that. Yeah, that's that's a lot of good information, a lot of good stats. But, I mean, to be honest, I mean, as of right now, uh, it's two different scenarios because Dak is surrounded basically by a whole different team. He's got a really good offensive line that doesn't allow much pressure. Uh, Dak also has a, a very consistent run game in Ezekiel Elliott. So he doesn't have as many passing attempts per year. Um, but he is a smart quarterback, and he knows where to go with the football. And when he did have a playmaker – Last year in Amari Cooper, uh, it looks like he can make some big things happen. But to be honest, I mean, probably neither. I mean, as far as long-term deal goes, I wouldn't sign either. Really? Um, as of now. I mean, Dak is good, don't get me wrong, but he shows times where if he doesn't have those things as far as the run game or offensive line, he's not a guy that can make things happen. Um, that's where I think I would kind of give the edge to Jameis. But the problem with Jameis is the turnover issues, you know, like we discussed. And that's something Dak doesn't do. But, yeah, I probably wouldn't sign either to a long-term deal. That's actually a really good question. I'd have to look more into Dak. I mean, I liked him coming out of college. Good quarterback. Yeah, perfect place in the draft to draft a guy, too. Mm -hmm. Was it third or fourth round? Fourth round. Fourth round? Yep. Jeez. I mean, 
Was it Texas A&M or was it Texas... Uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State. Same, same yeah. color, yeah. same damn color. I always get them mixed up. <laughs> same with Wisconsin and like Nebraska yeah. kind of thing. Yep. But that is a damn good question. Uh, what? Uh, push. Yeah. That's... I'll give a good... Pu- I mean, I, I'd have to do a lot more research on Dak. It's just... I mean, I like Winston coming out of college too. It's just he hasn't made that step forward. And that's things that... Now I really do look into my mm-hmm. my evaluation of quarterbacks. It's right. their decision making. Did they make that deep throw because they wanted to push the ball or because that was the right option to when yeah. on the reads? Yeah, and Dak is kind of in the same situation. He really hasn't taken that next jump either. I mean, he's had some good years as far as putting up you know stats, but you know it really hasn't led to anything as far as significance and wins. I mean, I know he's been to the playoffs, which is which is pretty good, but again, he just hasn't hasn't gotten gotten very far. I think, no, not at all. Yeah, so yeah, I mean that is a great question, and then that that brings it to like, yeah, Jameis has never had a running game; he has to do it all on himself, right? So, are they very very similar, or is it just because they you said two totally different teams? Mm-hmm. I I can't give you a definitive answer, Big Slim, but thank God you're back. Um, this is Nick Anderson. He's He's all active, very active now in the Facebook group. He said, with the news of Monty Kiffin going into the Ring of Honor, what are your favorites of the late 90s, early 2000s, boom period of the Bucks defense? Yeah, I mean, there's so many good memories. Uh, but, yeah, Monty Kiffin, I mean, well-deserved on the Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, he's one of the great defensive minds. Um, personally, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of... I mean that just that whole 2002 year. Obviously, I mean that that Super Bowl defense was one of the best. Not, I mean, if not the best defense of, I mean, they're easily top five in defensive of all time. I mean, they were really good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just that whole span that they had from like '99 all the way up to you know 2005, where they were pretty dominant, or maybe even before that, it was like. They're just really good for a long time, long stretch of time. So, I mean, there's really not one memory I can take. I mean, all of them were good. I think I've put it on Twitter before. Mm. It was Warren Sapp after Derek Brooks intercepted the ball of Kurt Warner. Oh, versus the Rams, yeah. Versus the Rams. Yeah. But that, that game, he had two badass moments where he, like, suplexed. I don't know if it was that thing. Yeah, I think it was actually second game, but... His suplex of Marshall Fall grabbing him with one arm, oh, yeah. throwing put clotheslining him down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that today would be a, a penalty, and you're thrown out of the game. Right. And also, yeah, the interception of Derek Brooks, where Derek Brooks intercepted Kurt Warner, is going in to run it in for the touchdown. Warren Sapp has his hand number one in the air. He looks Kurt Warner, he lines lines his ass up, and says, "Your shit's getting split," <laughs> and puts him into the ground. It was right. that's greatness, but yeah. that's. Just a great memory, but yeah, I mean, obviously everyone loves the defensive show and mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, but there was more than enough. Yeah, more I, amazing. Simeon Rice has plenty. Him dancing, right. it's just them dancing, not even plays. Them, their confidence on the field, right in the stadium. You could see it before they'd even hit a snap. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll add one more memory. I mean, just um, it was 2002 year when we played the Falcons and Michael Vick uh, here at home. Um, after Mike Vick had that big overtime run against the Vikings, I believe, mm-hmm. to, to win the game. Mm-hmm. So they come in here to Raymond James. I think both teams were ranked pretty highly. I think the Bucks at the time were like 10-2 and two or something like that. Um, and I think the Falcons were like right behind them. Or It was, there, it was a very close race as far as the division goes. People forget that. Um, but, yeah, Mike Vick, I think on the first series, he tries to run. Um, and he tries to scramble upfield, and Derek Brooks just lines him up and just knocks him out backwards, stops him in his tracks, and you knew from that moment on, like that game was going to be the Bucks no matter what. Like Mike Vick had no chance after that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, we hope we hope to see that moving forward. I mean, this defense is young and hungry, and they can become something soon, right, guys? Yeah, I mean, exactly. A lot of people think our secondary is still crap. I don't understand how. When you saw how much they grew at the end of the we season. We saw flashes last year. It's just now we got to put it together. And can they do it from the beginning, you know, start of, start of a new season? And can they be that type of unit throughout the whole year? Yeah. I mean, and they, but that's the thing. It's 
I mentioned it in another podcast. Defense is reactionary. These guys are growing together. They're understanding what zones they have to cover. What if the, my man gets beat? I know my guy is there to help me. Like stuff like that. Like continuity in a defense. That's what you truly, truly need. Right. Uh, but let's continue. Great question though, Nick. Mister Anderson. Big Slim yet again. He said, also, would you re-sign Winston for the going rate to have the same five years again? I think you know our answer, Big Slim, but plus, take it away. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be no. Um, not a, not as of right now. I wouldn't do it. Um, just based on what we've seen and what we know, uh, no. So I'm assuming the going rate is $27 million, or are we going to say $30 million? Yeah, I think it just means market value, which is probably, yeah, $25 million or above, so... Yeah, I would say a strong no. Right. Even though a lot of people are saying that the Carlson Palmer argument is, oh, but year two, you have all these options where wide receiver option routes, the quarterback has to make this adjustment, that adjustment. It could be this much protection here, there, everywhere. But that that's football. Yeah. That's it's not just his offense. It's almost every offense. Every offense has that. You're going to have side adjustments. You're going to have adjustments within the play. You're going to have audibles that you can check to. That's every offense. All the offenses are complex. I mean. That's like saying Tom Brady's offense was so easy. It just no. looked at one little area he already knew he was going to go there. Yeah. Like he had no decision. It was just this is where it was going to go. Bill Belichick was that damn good. He's just going to draw it up and throw it to him. No, there's decision making all over the field. Yeah, sometimes the receiver will fuck it up. And obviously it did. It's not all yeah, on Winston. And that happens across the yeah. league. It's not just the Bucks that it happens to. So It happened to Brady as well. Yeah, it happens all the time. So it's it's just the consistency that we've always been saying. Right. And it just doesn't happen the alarming rate that it happened to the Bucks last year. That's the, that's the biggest takeaway. Yeah. And it's the alarming steering of receiver. Like, mm-hmm. for your last interception to be projected straight to that dude i mean it was a, a zone coverage oh right. he's gonna throw it here i'm gonna take it to the house i mean stuff like that was something you saw over and over but mm-hmm. let's not do any bashing or hating let's move <laughs> on um nick anderson yet again he says with ba being on borrowed time in tampa do you think there could be a big free agency splash or a drastic move up the draft board to help ba in his quest to win now that's a great question. I think, yeah, it's definitely possible. I think they're going to be looking, again, they're looking at every options that they can do as far as improving the roster and improving the team. Um, you know, first and foremost, like they said countless times, they're trying to keep that defensive core together, so they're going to try to do everything they can in that part. Um, but as far as, like, free agency splashes, um, I don't think they're going to really – I don't expect them to go after, like, the offense, big offensive linemen in this free agency. I mean, it's going to cost them – it's going to cost you much as far as money. Uh, but, you know, it's maybe adding like a defensive veteran safety, like maybe a, a Tony Jefferson or someone like that, that they could get for, you know, decent value. Yeah, sure. I think they're, they're going to do what it takes to, to improve their team. And that's whether it's the quarterback position or whether it's, you know, defense line, offense line, et cetera. They're going to find ways to put the best team out there in this year so they can win. That, that's something actually I want to look up more um that i can recall i don't think i ever saw a cardinals team make a big splash play on a free agent do you i mean colson palmer was everyone thought he was a washed up that was a yeah thing. that was a trade and either way he was washed right. up oakland raider he like came out of retirement yeah. blah 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 like stuff like that like they didn't give up much for him so there was no really big trade it was just building through the draft building a defense and then making your push the ball down the field yeah. offense work. Right. I never re- remember big signings. It was mainly just a really good defense. Yeah. That they drafted. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like guys that they brought in. It was yeah, it was mainly drafting or um, you know, small free agent signings. I mean I mean he didn't trade for Chandler Jones, right? He was gone by then? Or was did he trade? No, he was with the team. Yeah. That's uh, okay. one they did make. Um yeah, so that would be considered one, but other than that, and that's yeah. an edge rusher, right? Okay, right. Which something Jason Light has already done with, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been relatively. I, I think 
what they're going to do is follow what they did last year. And, yeah. You know, find guys that make sense, value signings. They're not going to break the bank for anybody. You know, the only big move I would see it's is going to be the quarterback yeah, decision. That's yeah. the only thing you can take because that's right. the biggest contract that you're going to have to eat. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Winston's at least a $25 million guy, right? right? Yeah, I agree. If not 27 to 30. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a huge chunk of change, big old piece of cheese. Oh, for sure. In that area. So they got something coming up big. <laughs> whether it is shooting for the stars, trying to get Brady. Although some Buck fans, I don't know how the hell they think this think it's a dumb idea <laughs> um whether it, it be a teddy bridgewater that saves you more money probably you get him at 20 million because it's still you don't know and we'll talk more about Br- bridgewater later because it's a, just not a sure thing health wise he hasn't been a starter in what four years three years blah yeah. blah, blah. But we'll talk more later but whether it, it's still either way 20 plus million dollars you're paying one guy mm-hmm. so i mean that's a that's why you get to gamble on this one, making sure it's the right pick. Right. Um, but I don't see any other big – borrowed time, I think that's a stretch. I think he just either way just wants to win. I'd still keep hearing that I don't feel like reloading. Or what is it? It's uh, Not rebuilding. Not rebuilding. I'm not into rebuilding. I'm in reloading. And I think it's a damn true. And every year, every team wants to – play for one ultimate goal, the championship. You don't play to, oh, I just want to get better this year. No. <laughs> I don't give a shit if you're the Browns. The Browns, you think they, every player wants to go run their head right into another man? I just want to get better. Mm-hmm. No, you play to, to win the game. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. it's just, you want to be on top. At this level, you want to be the best. It doesn't matter. And if you aren't, I don't want you on my team. Right. I don't want you on my, as my head coach either. Better means the best to me. I, but I think that's how VA thinks as well. You're, you're not trying to play for, oh, this is going to be a progress year. Yeah, yeah, some some realistic cases like the Dolphins are just a shit show. There's a lot of stuff they need to get fixed. Well, they're building. I mean, I, <laughs> they are truly building. They're like building the, their the team. Deep, the the whole I team think, needs building. And that's, you know, that's but something. this team isn't to that extent. It's right. There's a lot on it. That you could win immediately. Yeah, it's just about maximizing the talent now and, and you know putting the team in the best position to win now, which I yeah. think they're trying to do. Um, yeah, I mean, you can easily – any team can easily go 7-9 and nine each year, but it's about winning the championship. And I think that's something that you've seen like teams like the Rams. I mean, they've exhausted all their options to try to win the trophy. Um, they got to Super Bowl, uh, and now they're trying to get back. So, you know, why not? You know, go for it now. That's how it should always be, every mentality. Mm-hmm. You compared it to the 2002 going for it all. I mean, that team was more, that team was a little bit more set up. I mean, again, yeah. they had a, they had a pedigree of, of good defenses. We're still trying to, I think we finally figured out, we're starting to figure out who we are as far as a team, but now it's, you know, expanding on that and adding more to it. So then you can take that next step, which is making the playoffs. Once you get in the playoffs, then you can start heading towards, you know, getting that championship mentality. I agree. Uh, let's move on. Big Slim, hell yeah, you're in here again. <laughs> he says, let's break it down. We were fifth in the league in takeaways, 11 short of the most. First in giveaways, six more than the next worst team. Saints only had eight all season. Shit. <laughs> um. Damn, that's bad. Yeah, that's not uh, good. Six more than the next worst team, and the Saints only had eight. <laughs> uh, okay, I just had to read it again. Out of the top 16 teams in takeaways, we were the only team with a negative turnover ratio, with a negative 13, which was the fourth worst in the NFL. What does that say about your team? Let's recap it again. Fifth in the league in takeaways, 11 short of the most, so not far away. First in giveaways, obviously, but it was six more from the next worst team. And out of 16 teams, we're the only team with a negative turnover ratio with negative 13. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, obviously it shows like your defense was obviously progressing throughout the year, which is why we finished strong in the second half. We went five and three. Um, But it also shows that your offense was regressing as you continue to have turnovers continue to, to plague your offense throughout, you know, the season. So 
yeah, I mean, it's Bucks being Bucks, you know, and that's something that it, it's something why we, we talk about it on this podcast and why we feel like it's leaning towards or moving on from Jameis Winston and not saying he's the only reason why turnovers happen. Like we talked about with, you know, receivers running wrong routes, et cetera. It happens. Right. Um, but the main thing I think they focused on, I think that's something that's been talked about throughout all Bucks media is they don't want to beat themselves anymore. And I think that's where the organization the organization is looking strongly at all options to improve that. So the beating Bucks stops and we start focusing on beating the other team without beating ourselves. You said it well. And I think you said it right. I mean, it's just the fact that, or yeah, you said our defense got better, our offense regressed. Mm-hmm. And point to it, our wide receivers were down, yes. But still, it's an offense that you implement and you run how it's supposed to be run. Even though there's really that those two receivers are great, yes. They're going to make the jump 50-50 balls more 70-30 in your favor, usually. I mean, there were still open routes. There were still things to be decided on where I'm going to go with the ball. That The decision-making is our biggest point. And it's consistent decision-making. Right. I don't care what numbers you have. If you're, okay, I'm a full go, A-plus on this one, next plus, next drive's an F. Yeah. And that's not that's not mm-hmm. to discount, like, what the Bucks didn't have. I mean, offense line, yes, definitely could be improved. It could be more consistent. Didn't have a run game to speak of. And, um, you know, at times the running game was there, but it just wasn't consistent enough. And that's pretty much the story of the offense. It was just inconsistent throughout the whole year um made big plays and then you know had penalties or you had you know drop passes or you know bad decision making like like we talked about so but you know run game all that i think that's something that they want to work on and get better at obviously but also they want to improve you know the bad you know dumb mistakes that (laughs) you know hurt your team you know you stop being yourself so I, uh, that is a, a very big question too, though. I mean, yeah. about your team, right? I mean, yeah. Obviously, it means the defense got better. The offense, yeah. Was it inconsistent because of quarterback play? Was it inconsistent because of lack of run game, like you said? Mm-hmm. Because play calling goes play call, yeah, play calling, not understanding how to use these guys, right? Because it's your first time doing it. Maybe you could have run more. Maybe you shouldn't have run as much. Like it's a lot of things go into that. But, I mean, we'll really understand if it really was just inconsistent quarterback play if we do have a new one. Right. So, or they keep them, bring them back and they say, no, we're going to be consistent and make it better next time. So, the defense, yeah, you can answer it quickly. Offense, it's mm-hmm. a little different. Right. Um, this is Brent. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this last name wrong. Iritu. Iritu on Facebook again. He says, we know which teams the Bucks will be playing against next year. Is there anything they should be doing to prepare specifically for these teams? I guess he was just bringing up the whole schedule, saying, mm-hmm. obviously we have the NFC South, but there's also like the Chargers, Rams, Vikings, Bears, Broncos, Lions, Raiders, Giants, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, specifically right now, uh, I would say no. Um, you know, obviously I think they're looking at game tape but it's more of themselves you know really just analyzing the bucks right now and you know trying to decide as far as how they want to construct the roster and i'm sure that's already been done now i'm pretty sure it's been concluded they've had their team meetings and they talked you know they talked about you know what they did and you know what can they improve etc so they build up a plan but as far as analyzing the other teams that they're going to face this year that probably starts once they get into you know, their off-season program and have the players back in the building. And then you start, you know, formulating game plans. Once, Obviously, once you get a schedule as well, um, you know, then you know who you're playing exactly when. So that all goes into place, I think, later in the year. Yeah, Brent, I'm not going to answer it just now because, yeah, that's a little early for us. Let's, let's figure out who our quarterback is first. Let's figure out right. who we have in the draft. And let's, then we'll see about other teams because they have big decisions too. Like the Raiders are still making decisions. Yeah. Yeah, the Lions, that's, you don't know. Like, that's a great point because all those right. teams are going to be changing yeah. and everything's evolving. So you still have roster construction going on. So a lot of things are going to be fluid um, over the next couple months. So we don't really know, you know, who what the strengths of these teams are going to be right now. That's very true. All right, so last 
couple of facts or questions here on the Facebook group. Raymond. Raymond always brings the heat on his questions. He says, just for perspective, in case anyone still needs convincing that Jameis needs to go. Oh, here we go. He says, we keep hearing about the second year in Arian system and how Palmer improved so much. It's bullshit. Palmer, save for one game against the eventual Super Bowl champions, was lights out after midseason of the first year in the system. Take away the outlier against Seattle on that defense, and Palmer threw four interceptions in seven games. Leave it in, and it's still only eight picks or one a game. That's a pace of 16 interceptions. Jameis, on the other hand, had 18 interceptions in the second half of a second half or a pace of 36. It's obvious that Palmer progressed and Winston regressed, isn't it? And then Big Slim wanted to add an, another fun fact. He says, fun fact, Palmer only played six games his second season. We brought up that point too. The actual second season everyone is talking about was his third year in the system. Third year, true. Mm-hmm. You have a, you saw it, you played it, yeah. and then you sat a whole year sat and saw it, and then third year you just exploded. Right. But what do you have to say about Raymond's comment too? No, I mean that's that's a good point. That's something you know I just talked about as far as the offense regressing, and and Jameis was a part of that. So yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I mean, I think it's pretty clear of what we favor as far as the decision making. I mean, as far as the decision on the Bucks quarterback, I mean, everyone can tell that we lean towards not bringing him back. Um, I think that's been we've been pretty clear on that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's point blank. I mean, it's in the film. Um, it's just something that has been a problem for Jameis, and, and uh, this has been something that it just didn't get better as the year went on. Um, and it's unfortunate. Yes, it's a complex scheme. Yes, he's throwing a lot. He had over 600 passes, so there is going to be interceptions. But it, it still comes down to just making the right decision, and that's something that just didn't take place a lot consistently uh, last season. And, yeah, I mean, you could bring him back on the hope of the second year, but, again, you're you're still hoping that the guy finally, you know, figures it out going into his sixth season, second year in this offense. I just – I don't know. So Raymond's point, a whole lot of statistics, really thought out, really emphatic and precise in his decision-making. But that game he was talking about where he threw threw four interceptions against the Seattle Seahawks, they still won that game. Hmm. That shows like their defense matters that much more. So you're going to let some of your defensive pieces leave for a $30 million quarterback? I highly doubt it. And that's a big point where a lot of Arians' defenses were more top 10 than his offenses were, I think. Right. No, that's that's correct. So, I mean, you got to understand that as well. It's not just, oh, I mean, I don't even think he's had that many high con. Like, usually he had Peyton Manning young, Andrew Luck young, Big Ben. Still young. Still young. But, I mean, either way, very young guys that he brought into what they're supposed to be. Carson Palmer, cheaper option, but he had the capabilities. Right. He's going to quickly tell us if he thinks Jameis has that capability or not. So, great points all around. I mean, we've mm-hmm. we've made these arguments and everything as well. It's just, you know our standpoints. Hey, everyone has their own opinion. This is our opinion. We want to move forward to a different direction. I, I understand the love. I had the love for him. You know we did. Mm-hmm. We went to the damn draft to say this is our right. dude. Yeah. We hated Mariota. We too, he was too... <laughs> he didn't have the right mindset for us because we're a losing organization. Right. We thought Winston would have changed yeah. it. And yeah, James, I mean, he's a, he's it got, wasn't an easy situation right. James came into. No. Um, and, you know, he hasn't... He's been thrown into the fire, I mean pretty i mean it was a it was a deep fire that he was thrown into and um and he's handled it well and yeah i mean we were we were his biggest fan i mean and we were the ones that were saying oh well let's get him this let's let's support him let's find even more things to give you know surround him with better talent and i think the bucks have done that i think they've done everything they can to to help Jameis um be successful you know obviously the the scheme itself is a is a complex scheme that he's you know, being required to throw downfield shots and et cetera. But, 
at the same time, I mean, these are these are decisions that he can easily make and be more consistent with the football. And it's just that hero mentality that just hasn't been able to snap out of. And I mean, at times it works and at times it doesn't. And I think that's shown, but it just doesn't lead to uh, consistent winning. And that's something that we want as fans and we want for this franchise. That's true. And you said it, and we've all said it multiple times. There's no point to beat a dead horse, mm-hmm. but let's move on. Right. So let's go to the emails real quick. Yeah. It's from Aaron, Chef Aaron. Everyone knows him on, on Twitter, Twitterverse. He says, fullback. Fullback. Oh, no. <laughs> so we're going to run through this quick. I, I, I think he did those on purpose. He says, yes, I know we're an air attack team, but until we have the quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over at an alarming rate, we need a balanced attack to reduce the turnovers. I'm sorry with Jameis Winston. That's how it is. So my question, why is B.A. so resistant to having a true fullback in 2015? Javorski Lane was a key factor in many of Doug Martin's runs of 50-plus yards and several touchdowns in the last year. We had a real offense. They were also fifth in the league in total offense that year. The defense was an abomination, however, and Dirk Cutter Cutter runs a very similar offense. Also, 2015 was the same year B.A.'s Cardinals had 4,616 passing yards and 1,917 yards rushing when they went to the NFC Championship. Hashtag balance. Winky face emoji. (laughs) That's that's a great point, Chef. Uh, Yeah, I mean, fullback for for B.A. is just... It's just not a priority for him. Um, he Did rather, you see one on the field all year this year? No, and and it was it was unfortunate that our Claire got hurt because when he was in there, that's usually when the run game is good. Um, but then again, at the same time, we know it's a run. So I mean, <laughs> even that, like yeah. a dude that we all loved, like I think every Buck fan loved, Alan Cross. Right. He's a dude that just nitty gritty, perfect little fullback, H back, mm-hmm. tight end, fill in substitute. Did anything to make a team? Didn't make it. Right. And it's like, well, no, actually, I think once BA was hired, didn't he? He ended up retiring. Oh, yeah, and then, shit, and BA, then, and then he just, yeah, because like, guess, oh, BA got, he got, I guess shit he knew, in the bed. like he knew, like he was going to be a part of the plan. So, yeah, he ended up retiring oh. and went back to, co- oh no, coaching. So, yeah, I mean, fullback's just not a big priority on his list. It's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like the tight end position. Uh, OJ Howard getting traded, but. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, it's not a big thing. I think he likes receivers. He likes to get the ball in space with his receivers going downfield, using their speed. Um, he's all about speed and he's like, he likes getting the, the running backs involved as far as the passing game goes. So I think that's something to look for as far as additions, you know, I think they're definitely going to add some running backs that can, you know, catch the football and, and be an extra option there as far as using the passing game as a running game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they rather just use a, a tight end that can block and and also be a, a option in the pass game. So I fully agree. But I agree with balance. I think they definitely yeah. need balance, and I think that's something that they're going to work towards um, this offseason. I think it's going to show. Yeah, but the, the you don't need a fullback to to, to be block. But, you right. can. There's many ways to manufacture blocking or to bring a tight end over. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have to be. The old-fashioned way of saying there's going to be a fullback in front of the running back. We're going eye formation, and we're going to bulldoze through. Right. There's this is the day and age of run it and gun it kind of thing. It's like we're going to keep pushing it down your face, right, or in your face. The Chip Kelly offense, I guess, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Mm-hmm. The fullback really isn't part of that. Yeah, John Gruden knows how to use one. Bruce Arians chooses not to. He wants more field, more field, more speed on the field. Right. So. You can move a tight end over to shift over the the blocking scheme. It doesn't. There's a lot more creativity in options with a tight end blocking as opposed to a fullback. Yeah, and when you have a receiver like Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, those guys yeah. can block as well. And you know, you just put them in line or put them in motion. You can set up a lot of things that way. So yeah, there's a multiple multiple ways they can block as far as setting it up and and doing different things as far as the run game goes. I mean, not everyone has. The 49ers fullback, um, I can't pronounce his name, but that guy's not a fullback. That guy's like a mini tight end that can just run around. Yeah, but then that's that's also the thing. So mm-hmm. usually a traditional fullback, slower, like not really good at catching the ball, right. unathletic, just a, a mauler. 
So, say Annie's playing three to five yards back. So he's he's further away from making a play. He doesn't have hands. He's slow. You're pretty much making your team ten on offense. Right. So in BA's mind, he's thinking, no, I want a faster, bigger dude, six five, six six, that can make a play and block. Right. I want both. Yeah, he doesn't have to be my end all be all guy to throw to. That's what my elite speed guys on the outside are. Right. Tight end is I want you to block and I want you to be dependable. So that's about what you need. You don't need a guy three yards back mm-hmm. thinking you already know what the hell you gotta do. Right. And I agree with that one. Yeah. So that's the fullback issue. Mm-hmm. But um let's move over to Twitter. This is from Randy A. Flynn. He said, Levante David Depp after him, question mark. Will we take a college captain linebacker in the draft? Simmons or Queen from LSU? Uh, no. Those guys will be going to other teams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that you'd have to take them first round or very high second round. You've got an all-star in Levante David, yes, but you also have a top five player in Devin White right next to him. Behind them, yeah. Are they going to sign back Minter? Jack Sitchi, is he going to come back from another injury? Right. And is he a free agent too? No, he's not. No? Okay. But yeah. still, I mean, there were two guys that were backups that did perform, but injury risk and are they going to come back? Right. Uh, so I don't think they're going to. Would they take a captain? Maybe. Later in the draft. It's not yeah. going to be first round. Like Day three. You're saying these guys are. Yeah. He had more questions, though. He said, Mike Evans, money. Godwin, do you see Evans gone in two years? Or Chris, question mark. Henry Ruggs, three. Or Donovan Peoples-Jones. I don't know. Oh, Henry Ruggs, the third. Yeah. I was like, what? Uh, Hopefully, I mean, hopefully we can keep both Chris and Mike, um, you know, for the long term. I think Mike, I don't think Mike's going to go anywhere. Um, Yeah, I mean, if, if they... If they have to choose one or the other, I think they'll choose Mike. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully they're both here for, for the long haul. I think Chris is going to get an extension uh, later this offseason. As far as Henry Ruggs the third, probably not. He's, again, another first-rounder. He probably won't even be available once we're up to, to pick. Uh, you think he's before 14? Yeah, I think it goes. I think he goes to Oakland at 12 or, or Indianapolis. Uh, People Jones, I would be intrigued. I think he's a, a good receiver that could surprise. I think he's got the height, weight, uh, speed that you like, and I think he was underutilized at Michigan. So he could be a guy that just explodes on the scene, kind of like a um, – who's the guy I'm thinking of? Uh, kind of like DJ uh, DK Metcalf, kind of like that guy, where he's got that those measurables and didn't really have the college tape and, you know, explodes out of nowhere. On the Mike Evans-Godwin – point i i honestly think we keep both based on past experiences and how ba likes to run his offense right plus answer the henry ruggs thing well Donovan people jones i agree <laughs> uh then he said jensen his money he mentioned ruiz and i guess nick harris was it yeah that's in nick the draft harris. Yeah, Jensen, uh, again, that's another question that could be – I think they're definitely looking at interior offensive line in the draft, so I think they want to add a guy that can play guard or center. Um, Ruiz would be an intriguing option. I think he's one of the better centers in the draft. Um, Nick Harris, I, I'm not too not too fond with him. I think he gets pushed back way too easily, um, especially against power. He could be a day three option if, if they want to wait. Um, but, yeah, I think – as of now, I would, I would probably say they're going to keep Jensen, but they're definitely going to add um, an interior lineman, I think. So, yeah, the Jensen money thing has always been an issue with me. He's been playing well, very well. It's warranted, but let's see when all these contracts be put together. And then it's another thing. Mike Evans, he did take a big salary. What was it, like a, a lump sum? Just so his salary was lower, right? Yeah. Right. So I, yeah, I took think the things bonus like that, up front. yeah, yep. things like that will he will work out because he he's a true team first guy. I think so. Mm, I agree. If he want, and you see how highly he thinks of Godwin. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to want to be with him for the long haul. Right. And Godwin's a hell of a good team first guy too. So 
I just think that's just a guy I really want. And I hope the Bucks feel the same. It's kind of like, I mean, to throw it back, I mean, it's kind of like the Torrey Holt, Isaiah Bruce, you know, kind of combo. You know, those guys were together for a long time, so I could kind of see it playing that way. You better hope so. <laughs> uh, then he's, his last question was JBP, Chase on Gross Matos. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, and then he said Sue Ken Law Davis. Okay. Yeah, I mean, got a lot of questions, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, I want to see JPP back. Um, I would love Chase. I would love Caleb uh, uh, on Chase on over Gross Matos. I uh, like Matos as a, a potential second round option, but he might not be there. But yeah, I probably prefer Caleb on over him. Um, and then as as far as Sue. Um, again, I would I would take Kinlaw. I think Kinlaw has potential upside, and Sue is a guy that I would be okay if they if they decided to let him go. Um, I think that's something you can you can replace as far as what he provides. So yeah, JPP, fully agree with you. Chase Hahn, Gross Matos, fully agree. But first round, if it is, I would almost let because Sue always waits later in the in free agency to make his decision. Right. Yes, if you're in the draft, Sue's still a free agent, and Ken Law's there. Hell yeah, I take him first round. Especially if there's no, if those four offensive tackles are gone, I take Ken Law. Right. And Derek Brown's not there. Yeah, so I would take Ken Law and just wait and let Sue try and find his big contract somewhere else. But Agreed. that is not discounting what Sue did for this defense. I was really high on Sue, and a lot of people weren't. I was very high on him. He did his job. He stopped the run. He clogged spaces. He made the job easier for Devin White to have an easier rookie season, Levante David to make plays. For sure. People don't see that. They only see, oh, he's he's just he's whiffing on some run plays. Mm-hmm. Well, what is his assignment, guys? Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's. I mean, for me, it just depends on costs. You know, if yeah. you can get and him. That's this all end all be all. It's a business. Right. What's the money like? If you can get him around seven million, I'm I'm okay with that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Better yet, six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but moving on. Tommy says, all, hand, eh, all hands galley says, y'all are going to the Joe Bucks fan draft party? Laugh out loud. Hard pass. Yeah. We're, we we're, have a better option. Yeah, we're, we're not going to be at that party, unfortunately. We're going to be in Vegas um, at the draft, so we're going to try to do some coverage there, and, and uh, it should be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be there than – hey. I'd rather be there. <laughs> All right, he has one more thing. He says, with how deep the wide receiver class in this is in this draft, can we get a third or maybe even a second-round quality receiver in the fifth? In the fifth, I think it just means a mm-hmm. third or second slot or whatever right, right, receiver right. Then in mm-hmm. the fifth. Like finding Chris Godwin in the third because of how deep the class is. The level of the player could fall. To later round. Sorry if I confused you. Yes, you did, my man. Uh, don't take out that round. If you you knew that, take that out, my man. But uh, no, can I answer this one first? Yeah, go ahead. I fully agree that someone like that will fall, and I think every team thinks that. Like the the Colorado wide receiver, just because he ran a four low four five or four five eight or something like that, mm. people are like, oh, he's slow, piece of shit. Well, with him, it's medical. I mean, if he's healthy. That dude is, yeah, he's is good. Yoked, yeah, and he played like that. So I think I, <sighs> he was the offense. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh, the quarterback, quarterback." That, that, that wide receiver's pretty damn nasty. Yeah, and he's talking about Laviscus Chenault. So I couldn't pronounce it. Yeah, of Colorado. So yeah, I mean, again, with him, it's just medical. But yeah, I agree. I think that's a great question. I think that's something that they could definitely look at. Dip, baby, dip. <laughs> but it, it's something that, again, it's another trend of Jason Light. I mean, I think he's drafted a receiver pretty much every draft that he's been here. So, um, yeah, I think they can definitely find a guy um, in the later rounds. And it just depends on, like, how the runs go of, of positions. Like, if offensive line is going in first round, and, you know, that's going to push, like, some other receivers down the board. You know, let's say there's a run on running backs or there's a run on defensive line. You could have a really good receiver there in the third round, like like a Denzel Mims or, you know, someone really good that, you know, you might have to take in the third round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I think we all, everyone agrees wide, right, wide receiver class is very, very deep. Yeah, you can find guys. You're, yeah, and like you said, it takes a lot. Can, do you think you can name all of them? What? Jason Light's wide receivers. Oh, as far as he's drafted? Kenny Bell? Let's see. Let's start from the beginning. So 2014, we have Mike Evans. Okay. And then I think we also have Robert Haran in 2014. 2015? 2015, oh, okay. 2015 was Kenny Bell. 2016? Okay, well, I lost. You <laughs> Cause, loser! Because 2016, I don't think he drafted a receiver. I'm trying oh, I think, to think all of them are gone right now. Every player from that 2016 draft is that gone. That was a bad class. 2017, yeah. I believe he drafted... That Watson? Justin Watson. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Watson. <laughs> 2018, that's the Vita Vea draft. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin. No, I have it oh, reversed. Reverse no, that. Chris Re- switch that. <laughs> Chris Godwin. 2017. 2018 was Justin Watson. 2019 yes, yes. was Scotty Miller. Yep. I believe that's correct. I hope. I don't know. Look it up, guys. Uh, you probably are. You probably are. I, I agree with it. Yeah. I'll submit to that. But that's it for questions on Twitter. I think we wanted to jump really quick into some of the obviously the quarterback news. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you heard this little thing, the Jeff Darlington thing about Brady to Buccaneers speculation. Yeah, he's he's really you know throwing Tampa Bay as a, a real legit option as far as Tom Brady goes, and you know even um, I think Matthew Barry on on he talked about it. He's the fantasy guy. Uh, he had like, I think they did like a ESPN document where. Like, they weighted all the quarterbacks in free agency, and they all had um, Brady as a, a as an option to Tampa. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's something that just continues to get thrown around, especially around the national media. But, I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see. I think that's definitely something the Bucks are going to dive into if, if it's a real option. So I think they're going to ask and call. I, to me – Tom Brady here would be shooting for the stars for the Glazers, and that is a move that they're. It would be huge for to. them, yeah, because be it's for it, them. like people don't understand, but we're like, oh, why? It's a stupid decision. You have sellout stadiums. Yes, you'd have people who don't even like the Bucks will like the Bucks. Exactly. Okay, so a, a, it's a big a, an owner decision that they would they would honestly walk in and be like, I don't care, Bruce Arians, and Bruce Arians be like, No, I wanted them. <laughs> Like yeah. no, no one doesn't want Tom Brady. Right. Okay. So he will fill asses in seats. Immediately becomes the best quarterback on your team, and probably better than the best quarterback you've had in the past fifteen years. Right. Like the dude just knows how to make decisions, mm-hmm. and he can make him in crunch time. He's had he has every pedigree. If you don't want him, there's something wrong with you. Right. Okay. Like I, I mean, thirty two teams want this dude. He'll have the locker room. I mean, right yeah. away. He has credibility. He knows he how has, to lead. His, his dick probably weighs 85 pounds, guys. <laughs> Come on. And that's not including the sack. So, let, he he just, when he walks into a room, everyone knows, yeah. listen to him, because he knows how to win. Yeah. Look at all the damn rings on his finger. Yeah, all he has to do is show his hand. And, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that tells you everything. So, if you don't want him, are you a loser then? Like, what? Are you that much a lover of James Winston if Tom Brady is an option you're saying no? Well, I think it's just it's more of looking at the long-term solution. But, again, people forget, like, this team is not looking at the long-term. Like, it's just... It's not necessarily saying they're not looking at that. Right, but, but everyone, Every team is focused on both the now and the future. Right. But if your team is ready to win now, you're going to go in all in now. Right. And then also, guess what? There's draft picks. Yeah. Like... <laughs> If you get Tom Brady, you can draft a quarterback and let him grow. Exactly. Like look at the Patriots had Garoppolo, um, uh, J, not JT Bear, Brissett, Brissett, yeah, and now they have Stidham, which everyone's hyping. Oh, he he can make it. Right. He can do it. It's a good quarterback. Draft right, have your Brahma Bull, mm-hmm. and move forward. But I mean, that's the Tom Brady argument. Right. I, I, I don't. I don't see it happening at all. If it does, <laughs> I'll be excited. But we're gonna find out next Monday. That's that's gonna decide it. We'll, we will see. But I mean, I think anything else on Brady? No, I I think again, it's it's a plausible option. I think it's an option that is definitely being considered by the Buccaneers. 
Um, it just depends on, you know, does Tom Brady... Considered. It's considered by Brady. The Buccaneers <laughs> are just drooling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's considered by Brady, then obviously the, I think the Bucks are definitely going to, you know, call and, and see what happens. But, again, we'll find out uh, next week. Um, again, it just depends. Hopefully the CBA gets approved, and then that will move everything in motion um, starting next week. So it should be exciting um, come next Monday. It's going to be pretty wild. And then the other big news of quarterback was uh, J.C. Cornell on Twitter says that Teddy Bridgewater is the front runner yeah. for the quarterback. Again, J.C. Cornell, nice dude. We had him on the podcast. But a lot of the times I'm like, guys, are you saying it just to say it? Or do you really know something? I, I honestly don't think anyone knows anything. I think they're just saying that based off of recent news and, and like a – Someone they know around him said, oh, yeah, this is the dude. And to be honest, to go more on Bridgewater, Bridgewater, I said it was a push of Jameis Winston in the last podcast. If you look more into him, he can make every throw. Yes, he's not going to push the ball as far down the field as Winston is. He's opposite. He's not aggressive. Yes, he's not aggressive at all. But the biggest point we had in the Facebook group was, well, if you look at Teddy Bridgewater, he's Alex Smith 2.0. And I, I was thinking to myself, and we both came to this conclusion, if he's Alex Smith 2.0, but imagine Alex Smith with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Cam Breed. Those are pretty damn good options. He never had that in the Chiefs, never had that in the 49ers. If he had that, what would he look like? Right. So it's like, then yes, I do want that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want a, a risk taker. I want someone who's going to win me some games. That's what wins you games. Right. Decisions that are vital to make. And if he's our option, it'll probably be a cheaper option. It'll, and it, you would hope it's just the health issue. That's the biggest thing for me, his mm-hmm. health. Yeah. And he is frail. It's always been his thing coming out of college. Mm-hmm. And then his knee dislocates. Everything in his knee yeah. tore. So. Yeah, and you're asked, I mean, you're asked to mm-hmm. take hits in this offense. So, you know, that's something to definitely uh, to look at. But, yeah, I think it's, again, he's another option that I think they're going to explore. And, and if he is the front runner, then, yeah, so be it. I, I would be totally fine with him as the quarterback of the Buccaneers. I would then expect the Bucks to go into the draft and, and look to draft someone that they can develop, like Mark said. So, again, he's a guy that has proven he can make good decisions on the field um, and be consistent. Again, now – at the other, at the same point, he really hasn't had the sample size. Yeah, hasn't really played a lot, so we don't know really like what is his full potential. What is he fully capable of? Can Bruce Arians push him to another level that we haven't even seen yet? So that's something to definitely look at and and consider. Um, but again, we will find out here very shortly. Uh, next week we could have breaking news, <laughs> so mm-hmm. that that should be fun uh, to discuss. Uh, definitely. Because technically he's had his rookie season, second year where he got way better, and then his third year going into it, he tore his ACL in practice. Right. And then yeah, and he people, came in at the end of his fourth year, chump, chump change time, because it was that devastating of an injury. Right. Then the Vikings declined his fifth year. He goes over to the Jets for two seconds, then goes over to the Saints, sits behind Breeze one year. Second year, look what happens. Right. And... Could this be like the, the his third, fourth year right. in an actual team? Like this is what a quarterback maturation looks like. Yeah, and people and that you don't know. Yeah, people forget like what he had with Minnesota. I mean, he had AP. AP was at like the the high of his career, and they just ran the ball to AP a lot. They didn't ask Teddy to do much, but again, they won games and they got yeah. they got to the playoffs, um, and and they were successful. So. You're not going to take the ball out of the hands of a Hall of Fame running back. Yeah, that was what their that, offense you know, was. Yeah, their offense was made designed to run the ball. Mm-hmm. So, again, you're not going to go away from your strengths. Yeah, you just yeah. ask that dude not to make mistakes. Okay, and then you look at Teddy, what he did with the Saints. Same thing. But they threw a lot. Exactly. But it was a lot more shorter routes. Right, to their but strengths. It, yeah, to their strengths, again. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their strength is literally just Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. That's it. Yeah. 
So everyone's like, oh, they have so many weapons. They didn't really have as many weapons as the Bucks do. Let's yeah. be honest. They yeah. just know how to use those weapons and get it to them. Now, is that quarterback play or is that play caller that's being inconsistent? Right. That's, again, something we got to understand. Which one is it? Mm-hmm. If next year we have Tom Brady and we throw for 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, three interceptions, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. You know what it is, but right. that's just how it is. But, I mean, that's a whole lot of questions and things we're really deep in the podcast we can't talk about but moving forward um one other point i wanted to bring up before we head out was shaq barrett and the franchise tag the player well pff player football focus was saying that yeah shaq Barrett has always been a good player he's not a great player he just showed it over 16 games as a starter they're like oh that a 20-sack season is never going to happen again. I can I can agree with that, but it was almost saying it how he's not that good of a player and it would be a risk to sign him long-term is what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that brings up a question to me. It's like, are we just that much in awe of what Shaq did? Maybe the rest of the league was like, oh, he ain't going to do anything. And then once he put together that many sacks in a row... He slowed down a little bit, but then he caught on fire again at the end of the year. Which one do you think it is? Well, I, I I look at it from I look at it from a trait standpoint, and look at as far as his repertoire and what he was able to put on film. Uh, the guy was consistent week in week out. Um, yes, there was attention drawn to him once he started getting those numbers, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I mean, the guys, I think he's going to get better. Uh, honestly, um, I think. Having that amount of snaps and now really being able to study and see where, you know, maybe he fell short and maybe see what he did well and maybe what he can do better. I think he's going to be fine. I would sign him to a long-term deal like today. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I I think Shaq Barrett is, is going to be just fine. And hopefully he's a Buccaneer for a long time. I think he's got the right mindset. I think he just knows how he knows how to attack offensive linemen. I mean, he sets up moves consistently. Uh, the guy wins. I mean, he had, I think he had the highest amount of pressures, which is really the key stat. When you look at pass rushers, it's not all about sacks. It's about, can you affect the quarterback? And he does that very consistently. And that's the biggest part of it that I I like that you said, the cerebral part. He, he sets up moves. Yeah. That's stuff that you saw from like Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis. That was the problem with Noah Spence. You didn't have it upstairs. There's one thing. Yeah. Just run. He He's thought his talent. Season. He thought his yeah. talent could win, and you know he didn't take the time to really develop a pass rush plan. And that's something that Shaq has. He's got a plan, and he knows how to execute. Yeah, well, I think we all like Shaq, want Shaq, and think he should be a Buck for a long time. And agreed. PFF, okay, yeah, they have their own grading skills and everything. Again, guys, come up with your own opinions and and thoughts. I mean, you don't have to depend on. One person, especially with the people that think Teddy Bridgewater is a piece of shit, he doesn't have an arm. <laughs> go watch the tape. Go, go make your own assumption. Yeah. Don't listen to one person on on the radio or TV or anything. Like, Make your own assumptions. I guess that's kind of why we have this podcast. And you don't even have to listen to us. Like, yeah. hey, we have our opinions. Yeah. I mean, Sometimes we agree too damn much. There's people. I, out, I wait for the times where we disagree. There's people out there that think we're high, you know, yeah. doing this recording. So we're just assholes, <laughs> haters and assholes. But yeah, it's all it's all fun. Yeah, yeah. So have fun and looking it up. It's it's cool. It's fun to come up with your own opinion of it. Exactly. Uh, but also one more thing, we posted a tweet out there and on the Facebook group. We posted a little teaser of what's to come of Real Bucks Talk. It's <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's just a little glimpse of us saying, I got something coming up, something kind of big. That we do. And it's a transition from talking about it to showing you. And that's yep. pretty much what, if you want to go see what the teaser is, go to our Twitter, go to our Facebook, or join us on Facebook, and you're pretty much get a gist of what the hell it is and hopefully within the next couple of weeks we got it up and we got it going and it's going to be fun and it's going to be interactive and just bucks football yeah yeah it's going to be 
a deeper dive, a more analytical analysis uh, presentation. Um, but it's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to have a blast with it. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Uh, but with that being said, uh, guys, thank you so much for the questions and the thoughts and, and feedback that we've, that we've gotten from you guys. Really appreciate it. You guys make the show. Uh, so thank you so much. Um, as always, um, everyone have a great week. Go Bucks. we got a big show next week. Everyone take care.